you know, it is, um, it's really amazing when you hear some of the incredible things that God is doing in this world. Uh, I was overwhelmed the other day by hearing a story about an ISIS uh, terrorist, one of the guys that's part of the ISIS army that was active in northern Syria and northern Iraq. You know, we've all seen and heard about him on the news. Supposedly, this fellow was one that was um, specifically rounding up Christians out of a village. And as you know, they were trying to say, you either convert or we're going to cut your head off. And so this person, of course, refused to convert to Islam. And so this guy who was just a regular old ISIS terrorist, he'd just been raised in this ideology all of his life, uh, was sort of amazed at the peace that was on the face of this Christian, this man. And the Christian actually had a Bible in Arabic in his, on his possession. And uh, instead of him pulling it out and reading some final verse to be read, he gave the Bible to the terrorist. He said, this is for you, and gave it to him and then offered his head on the chopping block. And this man severed his head from his body. And, and this Christian went to be with Jesus, and this terrorist was left with a corpse and a Bible. And he goes away and, and felt no remorse whatsoever for what he did and started reading the Bible, the New Testament. Not long after that, and I'm, I'm not joking... Jesus appeared to him. Jesus appeared to him. I don't know, a vision, a dream, in person, I'm not sure. And said to him, why are you killing me? The guy was shocked that Jesus had appeared. He got the New Testament and he began to read. He searched out one of those people he was trying to kill. He prayed Jesus came in his heart. He somehow escaped the ISIS army and now is in hiding with a Christian community learning to talk about Jesus and walk with Jesus. And you go, are you kidding? You mean Jesus just sought this one guy out? <laughs> like there are thousands of those ISIS guys. Why don't we just have a, you know, an appearance every five minutes? This guy was the worst of the worst, had felt no remorse, had laughed when he lopped off someone's head, and all of a sudden something happened in him. The Word of God started transforming him. Somehow it made his ears start listening, and then when Jesus showed up, everything changed. Now that to me is absolutely amazing. It is amazing not just this guy could get saved, to, to many people, that's the big deal. How could God show his mercy to such a terrible person? I would think that kind of person is totally out of control, totally beyond help. I mean, you know, most of us would like to just go spray all those people with, like, nuclear material or something. Just wipe the whole thing out, and that was going to solve all the problems. Jesus didn't do that. You know what he did? He appeared to the guy and offered him the same mercy he offered you and me. The same mercy. You know, that is something about God that we just miss sometimes. 
So today what I want to do, I want to highlight a story. I'm not going to try to find in the scripture a terrorist, but I will show you someone who was a terror and see what you think about it. I'm not even, I I could read this out of Mark chapter 5 or Luke chapter 8 or Matthew chapter 8, but instead, because we are visual people, I want you to watch it. Stephen? with me I beg you don't punish me what is your name Legion Lord we beg you do not send us into the abyss into center into the herd of swine Okay, you've read it before, you may be freaked out now. But I want you to think in terms of this guy that Jesus made a personal visit to. What was there about that guy that would make you even think he would be interested in Jesus? It's not like he was a Pharisee who came to Jesus by night and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You sort of didn't hear that out of that guy. What was it that happened here? Let me give you a little background, okay? Jesus had just been with multitudes of people. He'd been in a red-hot revival on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. It was such a red hot when they were trying to like chase him down and get him to touch them and heal them. And, you know, crowds were there, TV cameras, I'm sure, catchers, all those things. Everything was going on on that side. Jesus got in the boat and the Bible said escaped from them. That's what it says. The word there and he left them means escaped. He got in a boat and escaped and he he was going across the lake with his disciples and he said, we're going to go to the other side. Well, listen, Jesus was, was not someone unfamiliar with the territory. Around the Sea of Galilee, there were some villages. And then on the, uh, on the north, uh, sort of the north uh, eastern part of the Sea of Galilee, was a region known, the, the area of the Gerasenes or Gadarenes. It's it called either one of those in the Bible. And this was an area that it was under Jewish control, but those who lived there were sort of escaping away from the traditional Jewish laws. They were, let me tell you what they were doing there. They were raising pigs to sell to the Romans for food. Now, Jews just don't raise pigs unless they are in a contract with the Romans. 
So these guys got out of the synagogue towns and came to the Wild West kind of towns. And they lived there or they lived out on farms and they raised pigs for the Romans. Let's just say they, that wasn't prime recruiting territory for disciples. And Jesus went across there knowing that's where he was going. It was also sort of away and it's, it's a graveyard. It's no different than today. People just don't like to live among graveyards. I personally am very thankful we don't have this church at a graveyard right over there. It's sort of creepy. I, you know, you never, you never can tell where a graveyard's going to be. I think there's one in Tuscaloosa right next to Bryant Denny. And I've heard some of y'all say, that's it's weird when you walk, you know, there's a football game, there's a graveyard over there. People don't generally just go to graveyards to hang out unless you are weird. Okay, Jesus got in a boat and that's where he went. I am sure the disciples were going, what in the world are we going there for? Why are we going to Loserville? Why are we going there? There's not e there won't even be multitudes there. There will be pigs. Can you imagine a worse place for Jesus to take his fledgling disciples to try to teach them about ministry? Why in the world would you go there? Why would that even be a place that you would go? It was populated with people who weren't interested at all in God. And then they show up right at the place they, they landed their boat. You saw them. That was live footage from the Sea of Galilee from 2,000 years ago. When Jesus landed there and he got out of the boat, all of a sudden this crazy, I'm talking crazy man, comes flying down, down the graveyard toward them. And they, they did a good job casting this dude. He was crazy. This is what the Bible says about him. The Bible says he was naked. Naked, we would call it. He was, he was um, out of control. He was screaming. He was crying. He was bloody because he, he was self-destructive, was cutting himself with stones. He lived among the tombs. Boy, that's a big thing. He, he was, a, he was, he was uh, the, the first fruits of the zombie apocalypse. Really, he was living among the dead. And when Jesus lands, this guy comes tearing at him down the, the, the hillside toward Jesus at the Sea of Galilee. Now listen, he was the only guy, one guy running toward him. One guy. And Jesus gets out of the boat. Uh, notice, Jesus got out of the boat. I bet the rest of them stayed on the boat when they saw the guy coming. Let me tell you, let me tell you what's... He was demon-possessed, duh. He was completely controlled by demon spirits, and he lived among the tombs. If you were a righteous Jew, you didn't, you didn't like that scenario. In fact, if you were a super-righteous Jew, you were called yourself a Nazarite and you wouldn't touch anything dead so you stayed away from anything dead including tombs and this guy comes running out he was the Bible says he had an unclean spirit he was considered by the Jews as unclean in every way unclean 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 he comes to Jesus and he does a weird thing 
the Bible says this guy that couldn't be held by chains, who had been, and the scripture actually says it if you read it in, in uh, the book of Luke, it says he had been cast away into the tombs. Nobody wanted anything to do. Even the crazy people that lived in the area that were pig farmers, they didn't want anything to do with him. You know, you saw that on the video. He asked to go into the herd of swine. That's probably where he felt the most at home. He probably was considered by everybody else as no better than one of the pigs. Think about that. But there's something about this picture I want you to see. Jesus got off the boat, was standing at the bottom of the hill. The guy runs down the hill screaming at him. Go away from me. What do you want with me? Go away from me. Go away. I want nothing to do with you. And while he's running to Jesus, he runs to Jesus. The Bible says he fell at his feet. Or literally it says he fell on his feet. So I'm not thinking about him going, coming down there and then hiding in a little bush over there. He went right up to Jesus and touched him and said, go away, go away, go away. Now that doesn't make sense to me. Go away. I'm going to go touch you. Go away, go away, go away. Hug me. What does that tell you? That tells you something that we, that we know is a spiritual principle. That inside of a human being, sometimes there's more than one voice. There's a voice that says, get away. But there's something that one of my friends used to call his heart of hearts. And your heart of hearts said, help! Sometimes help doesn't come out our mouth. Sometimes help is, is written somewhere else on us. And it takes somebody with discernment and love and compassion to read between the words. People may say things. People may say, I hate God. But sometimes you may look into their hearts and say, they're crying out for God. Jesus said, what's your name? The demon said out of him, legion, for we are many. Now, that, that didn't mean, by the way, I don't want to mess anybody up here. The demon's name was not legion. There's not like a de demon named legion. Legion is a number. What's your name? Thousand of us. Actually, I think it's 2,000 of us. What's your name? 2,000 of us. In other words, too many for you to deal with. He's too far gone. Now, a Roman legion was, like you would send a Roman legion to conquer a city. You would send a Roman legion to scare the liver out of anybody. If you, you know, if you had a Roman soldier to come to you or a, a, a little platoon or whatever come and, and they might discipline you. But if, if it got so bad that a Roman legion had to come, your city was going to be in ruins when it was over. They were the, they were like army rangers or something. They were like the toughest of the tough. And there were like 2,000 of them. He said, there's too many of us in here for you to do anything about. Have you ever felt like in your life there was just, you were just too far gone? Have you ever felt like that about yourself? Have you ever felt like that about somebody else? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that's the worst thing for us, for, for Christians. We look at somebody that may come in the church and they actually look like this dude. We saw him. I mean, you're going, my gosh, this guy has issues. 
Don't, isn't that our word? He really has issues. That means, honestly, this is beyond me and I really don't want to deal with it. That's what issues mean sometimes. This guy's too far gone. Wouldn't you have said that about the ISIS guy? Man, this guy comes in and goes, I'm an ISIS terrorist and I need Jesus. We're going, we're out. Right? Go get the children quick. Have you ever ever felt like somebody was too far gone? Have you ever really shut your heart and said, done the old southern thing? God bless his heart. Bless his heart. He's just, he's got issues. That really is code for, I hope he tries another church or goes to Jimmy Hale. I'm serious. That's code for call Mike and Anita. That's code for, you know what? I I don't think we have what you need. Are you kidding? (laughs) Jesus, do we have what they need? Jesus went there and and met crazy man who everyone said was, was beyond help. Legion, he's got legion in him. There's no help for this guy. Even the crazy people don't even want to have anything to do with him. And Jesus showed up and healed him. He healed him. He healed him and got rid of a whole bunch of pork at the same time. You know, take that, Roman army. He he healed the guy. The Bible says he was immediately in his right mind and they put clothes on him, which, by the way, is what people do when they're in their right mind. They wear clothes. So I'll tell you that. I guess any of you were worried about that. Listen, the guy, the Bible says, the guy asked Jesus, you can read it for yourself, can we get in the boat? Can I get in the boat and go with y'all? And Jesus said, nope, you can't, you can't go to the boat. You need to go into that town over there where people don't know what's going on. Go to that town and show yourself and tell them what the Lord, that the Lord has had mercy on you. Wow. Now, here's, here's where I am in this whole thing. I am amazed not just at the power of God over demon spirits. That's really very cool. That's really cool. But this sermon isn't about deliverance. This sermon is about Jesus getting in the boat and going across the Sea of Galilee for one guy. One guy. It really wasn't economically worth it to do that. I mean, come on. They spent all night rowing across the boat, uh, boat, rowing the boat across the river, uh, Sea of Galilee, ocean, whatever. That would, took a lot of effort. I'm sure they had to take their food over there. They had to, like, be inconvenienced to go over there. And I'm sure they said to Jesus, what are we doing here? You know what they did? They healed the man, got in a boat, and left. Jesus went there for one guy. And I want you to know there's something about God you need to understand. He's all about leaving the 99 and going after the one. He's all about saying, I know you by name and I will meet you personally and I will do everything to reach you or anybody you love or anybody you know. He's, I want you to see this picture of our God. He gets in the boat and rose across the sea.
for you. One, one man is valuable. We hear it. We hear it all the time. We hear the slogans. Last week, a, a rally in Birmingham that was all lives matter. I couldn't agree more. Let me tell you what. This one life even mattered. This one single life. I remember many years ago, Pastor Ron preaching a sermon that really stuck with me. It's, it was that the God, the Lord of hosts, you know what that means? Hosts means myriads of angels. He's the Lord of a whole army of angels. Is also, the Bible says, the God of Jacob. You know who Jacob was? A liar. The same Lord of hosts is the God of Jacob. The same Jesus who preached to the multitudes on one side was the same powerful God who went across and sought out one person. Has anybody in here felt like you were the one that God sought out? Yeah, I have. Many times I've looked at myself and said, are you kidding? Why me? What? I'm not any better than anybody else. In fact, I'm worse than most. I'm not, I don't, why did you, why did you even notice me? But you knew my name. The other day, uh, with our second and third year master's students that were here, we were, we were having prayer time at the front here. And we were just sort of going over some prayer requests and everything. And, and we had taken an uh, opportunity to send everybody out. And I said, look, for just the next few minutes, I don't want you to ask God for anything. All I want you to do is thank him. And just thank him. Just go through your list. Just thank him. And then when you get to the place where you can't think of anything, wait and a whole new group of things will come to your mind and you can start thanking me going to, to level two thanking and, and and it worked just like that and everybody sort of stopped and then they just pressed through and more things and all of a sudden God got bigger and what God had done just got bigger in everybody's mind and I remember looking over to Marion Clark and I said Marion tell me something that you forgot to be thankful for and God today showed you that new thing to be thankful for and you know what she said it resonated with me. Marion said that he knows my name. That he knows my name. Jesus knew the name of the craziest man in Israel. He knew his name. He knew that he was out of his mind. He knew that he was suicidal. He knew that he had no hope. He knew every bit of that. And yet... He went across the sea and sought him out. That's the kind of God we serve. And I want to tell anybody in this room, there is nobody here so far gone that he will not do the same thing for you. And there is nobody that you know and you think is so far gone that he won't do the same thing. The question is, will you be his hand and feet to help him do that? When Jesus said go, those were some of the people we go to. Uh, Masters team, y'all come on in, if you will, for a minute. Um, there's a drama that uh, Jordan put together last year that um, really tells this story. It tells the story of the demoniac. And I, I, wanna, I want you to watch it 
carefully. This, of course, is in a, in a genre that sort of, sort of would reach a lot of college students, Andrew, would, that they would get into this kind of thing. I want you to look at somebody who the world would say they're out of their mind, they're hearing multiple voices in their head, they don't know what they're doing, they're suicidal, and yet they hear this voice that says, I love you. And they, they, they can't decide whether to respond to that voice or, or be overwhelmed by the evil and the demonic influence around them. This is where young people live right now. They live right here in this little place. Many of them live there. They don't know who they are or what's going on. And they hear these multiple voices. And they hear all this. And they, they've got to have a Jesus show up on the shore and rescue them. I want you to watch this. Thank you, guys. Thank y'all. We're visual people. It looks like the enemy's winning, and Jesus shows up! Because somebody hears God say, I love even you. If you're the only one, I love you. I want to share a scripture with you. This is from the book of Micah, and this scripture has done something to me for a long, long time. This is what it says. In that day, declares the Lord, I will gather the lame, I will assemble the exiles, and those I have brought to grief. I will make the lame a remnant, those driven away a strong nation. That guy that committed murder by chopping off the head of a Christian just weeks ago is now redeemed. Jesus came and pulled him out of something that looked worse than you saw. And now, you know what that guy's doing? He is now becoming prepared to go and touch the very people that used to be his his goal is to win as many people to Jesus as he can. Do you see what God has just done? He has just taken the lame, the exile, the one cast away, just like the guy in the scripture. And now he wants to make that man a strong nation? He wants to make that man a strong guy? That's what God does. The very people you look right now and see that you say they are too far gone. That's exactly the ones God's going for. Does that say something to you about our Father? Is that something incredible to me? Uh, some of you may have heard this, and I'm going to go on and tell you there's, there's a reason I'm plugging this in right now. Uh, our own David Headley, uh, you know he struggled for a while. He went to be with the Lord last night. Some of you don't know that yet. It's going to be a memorial service here sometime on Saturday of this week. Just, just got that word. But let me tell you what's incredible. David and Beverly have three children. They have a son and then a set of twins. And their son that was one of the twins, named Daniel, he left God when he got out of high school. He got messed up with the wrong people. And he just, he, he turned his back on God. He not only turned his back on God, he turned his back on God and got involved in the occult. He 
got involved in not just atheism. It started with atheism and turned into actual occult satanic practices in his life. And David and Beverly were just, they were in ministry, Pentecostal preachers, and they, they didn't know what to do. He was the prodigal that was so far gone. And I remember him coming and talking, going, we, we just are at a loss. And they called and made comments and made, you know, tried try to, try to help him along. And it just, he just rejected him and said, I hate you and the whole thing. And they turned him over and said, Jesus, you're going to have to make a visit. You've got to bring the prodigal home. We can't do it. And they had to let go. And David and Beverly let go. And they said, God gave them a promise that I will go visit them. I will go and I will be. You cannot reach him, but I can. Let me tell you what happened. Just over, over several things that happened. He calls them and he comes back to Jesus. And he leaves the past and he, and he gets set free. And he begins to serve God. And he begins to grow in the Lord. And that was several years ago. And one of the things he wanted to do, he, he says, I feel called. I felt called to, to serve God all of my life. And he made a decision to come to Master's Commission this year. <laughs> and, and, and he showed up yesterday at about 1 o'clock. And then he had to, got a phone call and had to go back to Starkville, Mississippi at 4 o'clock to be with his dad when his dad left to be with the Lord but God kept his promise because Daniel was that guy right here Daniel was that guy and Jesus just showed up and pulled him out and some of you have got stories of your own that you can tell the same story I will tell you something that's the kind of God we have is that the kind of God you talk about because if it is we could fill this place up with people that need him so much that are just dying to say, hear someone say, Jesus really loves you. That's where we are right now. We're going to ask you to stand if you will. We're going to just, uh, I'm just going to ask prayer team members if you guys could come. If you guys could come down, it would help. I just want to, I want to tell you, if you feel like you are someone you are someone you know is just too far gone and right now you're thinking about that person and you're going oh God I just want you to come maybe agree with somebody that God would God that when you just give them to God something will happen or maybe you feel like you're too far gone I just want you to know these guys are waiting to pray with you or you could just come and stand before God and talk to him for a while while Justin sings I'm just going to ask you would you step out and come right now? Just step out right now and come. Let someone agree with you. Come on, that's good. Come on, just step out. Yes.